This is Sports Best presented by Reposted on the Believe Podcast Network, where we believe in the best of sports. That's why each and every week we cut out the worst and only give you the best. I'm Andrew Keller, and that is Larry Olson. You know, Larry, I was playing poker last night, and I was big blind, and I was dealt 6-8 offsuit, and I wasn't sure what to do with that hand. Would you be willing to share with the folks what the correct move in a 6-8 offsuit is? You always double down if you got the Pacheco nuts, Andrew. And number two, what? why was I not invited to this poker game? Well, you're too much of a shark. I, you're probably the best <laughs> poker player I know. Anyway, uh, each and every week we're bringing you the best of sports, but how can the guys find us on the social medias, Larry? And dare I say gals, Andrew, and, you know, if you've got a pet dog, you can go there too. Uh, you know, we're all over. I believe we're on the Facebooks, we're on the Instagrams, we're on the Twitters, we're on the Believe Podcast Network. All you need to do is find the Sports Best of the Believe Podcast Network and everywhere else where Believe reposted. Andrew, we're everywhere. That's right. We are omnipresent. All right, Andrew. We decided the crazy start of this whole thing that we were going to pick a couple of Korean baseball teams to watch as the season progressed. And because there was no other live sports, we were like, what the heck? So let's do it. So are you ready for your KBO standings? Give me the KBO standings, LG Twins. In first place is the NC Dinos at 17 and 4. Not mm. bad. Is Dinos, by the way, short for dinosaurs? Do you think they're the NC Dinosaurs? I think they are, yeah, the NC Dinosaurs. I can't. Dino, well, dino might. Dinos could be something else in Korean. Yeah, that's true. Okay, your team, Andrew, the LG Twins, as you mentioned, currently sitting in second place at 15 nice. and 6. Two games back. Not bad. And my team, the New York Yankees at the KBO, the Kia Tigers. <laughs> I know that you love when I say that. They're sitting at 11 and 11. Okay. And Have they, you done any research into the team? Is the owner maniacal like uh, Steinbrenner? Or are they? Uh, how, how far does the, the parallel between the Yankees go? Are you saying that I should be researching more about the KBO? Because <laughs> I just, I'm doing the bare bones here, Andrew. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Maybe we can interview somebody from the KBO in the future. That'd be great. Um, just for good measure, the last place team in the KBO, wah, 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 wah. SK Wiverins. Hmm. Wiverins? Varens, Wolverines. Anyways, yep. they're at five and sixteen. SK Wolverines. Every week we play a little game. Andrew, is this a person on your team? The LJ Twins. You ready? I got three names. Tell me the name that is not a player on the LG Twins. You ready okay, to go? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm two for two. Here we go. C. S. Lee, mm-hmm. Yu Kang Nam, Jean Min Su. Hmm. I feel like C.S. Lee made me think of C.S. Lewis, and I feel like that's a trap. So I'm going to say C.S. Lee for the win. See, so you're saying C.S. Lee is not a member of the LG Twins? I am saying that, yes. That is correct. Yes. He's an actor <laughs> best known as Vince Masuka on the show Dexter. Oh, I love that show. He was also on, um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the show. Anyway, he was on a show on Fox, and it was awesome. He, it was a concurrent. Good actor. All right. Um, Andrew, do you, are you a golf guy? Do you watch golf on TV? Uh, I love watching golf on TV. Uh, we, watched the, um, we watched the Masters last year together in New York City. That was, that was tremendous, by the way. That was so much yeah. fun. I love my that. Wife likes what, my wife likes watching golf so that she could fall asleep. That's, she mm. literally turns it on to take a nap. Anyways, there was a big golf match over the weekend. I don't know if you heard it. It was the match two. It was Tiger Woods at Payne Manning taking on mm. Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. I saw it. the first version of that, and it was great. The, uh, they, got, they got paid $9 million, but I think this time they, they shifted and donated the money to charity, right? You know what? They donated like $20 million to charity. That's crazy. So it's... I, I, 
it was great. You know, they, it was kind of a back and forth thing. Tom Brady doesn't didn't do that well. He's kind of having a bad round, and mm-hmm. then he makes this like incredible shot right in the middle of the round. Then he goes to pick up his ball. Did you hear about this? He goes to pick yeah. his ball out of the hole, and his pants rip like right in the <laughs> pants rip right in the middle. But they're saying so. They've done this twice. You watch the first one. I watched the second one. Now they're saying that it was so popular. In fact, six million people watched it on Sunday. It was the wow. most watched golf telecast in the history of cable television. That's it's not bad. Not bad. That's crazy. So they're saying now they want to do this every year, and they want to invite all sorts of celebrities to participate. They're saying like, wouldn't it be cool if um, Steph Curry and Michael Jordan teamed up against like Tiger and Phil? Mm-hmm. So my question, Andrew, is who? Would you want to see play golf? What famous celebrity or anybody would you want to see golf? I'd want to see a foursome with Tiger, Lefty, um, Larry David, and Bill Murray. What do you think about that? I think the the level of play might drop off a little bit, but the comedy is going to go through the roof. No, no, no. Hey, Larry David is like a legit golfer. Oh, he is? He's really good. He's like a member of a big country club down in L.A. No, he's legit. Oh, well, then maybe even better than I thought. I was thinking, like, uh, what about um, what's the guy who the actor plays the Fonz? That's who I want to see play golf. Henry Winkler. Yeah, I want to see Henry Winkler play golf. But he has to wear a leather jacket if he plays, though. <laughs> All right, Andrew. So I know you're a big workout guy. If you need a kettlebell right now, tell me who I need to call. So if you're in Los Angeles, uh, I think you should probably reach out to Sean McVay, the the head coach of the Rams. <laughs> but if you find yourself on the East Coast, you would reach out to Mark Miller. He's a guy in New York who's become like the number one guy on the underground free weight market, which I don't even, I didn't know that's existed. A, that's a thing? Yeah. Uh, with the pandemic, people people need to work out. And when you're trapped in New York, there's not many places to go. So if you can get a hold of uh, Mark Miller, you can get some uh, kettlebells, dumbbells, but it's going to come at a cost. So this guy, he's a long, he's a Long Island native. And a couple of years ago, he invested in a gym, which is like a, a chain, and there's three locations, and he's kind of been hustling, and his hustling mentality was like, I, I would DM 50 trainers a day, and if I got one of them to respond, it was a success. So naturally, when this pandemic hits, he's like, I got to find a way to get people weights because his, uh, his clients are working at home. So he's, he's cold calling everyone he can find, and he's just buying up free weights and so if you want to buy something right now it's about 350 per pound for a dumbbell and four dollars per pound for a kettlebell you text this guy and he like shows up with like a like a bench press yeah i guess so um (laughs) i i feel like he's gonna have an overcoat and show up with all the all the it feels like a drug deal every time which i think is awesome that like working out is uh has an underground black market maybe the cartel is going to get involved in this soon Okay, but here's my question for you. Isn't there a thing called Amazon? Don't they, like, what they deliver you, weights? Apparently, Amazon sold out. Like, prior to this, Amazon, you get kettlebells delivered in two days. And so, I mean, those costs, three three fifty a pound or $4 a pound, is two to three times what you would have paid on Amazon. So, Amazon sold out. Workout stores are sold out. Wholesalers just sold out. He's, like, buying these off of people and then reselling <laughs> for a markup. And the best part about this guy for me is that in the interview, he made it clear multiple times that he leases a 2019 Lexus ES. So even though he's hustling, going all around New York, he's doing it in style. You know, I think people might think that they were making this up maybe or whatever about this story. <laughs> but, like, I Googled him a little bit. He, he was in the GQ. The magazine wrote a story about this guy. 
yeah, this guy, he's making a name for himself. Hopefully he's going to come out of the other side of this uh, in the positive direction. His, his Instagram is great. He's doing like kettlebell swings as the, as a bus is pulling up to a bus stop. Like he's, he's got pictures flexing on top of the, the bull on wall street. Uh, this guy might be my new hero. Any chance we could become friend, best friends with Mark Miller? I think so. I think we should, uh, next time we're in New York, let's not sit and watch the Masters in a bar. Let's find Mark and <laughs> get a workout in. I know you, you only do free weight or body weight workouts, but maybe you can make an exception this one time. Dude, if we got dumbbells from Mark Miller, I'm in. All right, Andrew. So this whole health crisis is making us spread out all over the place, and people are finding different ways to use space in general. Hence, the Miami Dolphins have announced plans to set up a drive-in theater at their Hard Rock home casino stadium. The drive-in theater will showcase classic Miami Dolphins games, classic motion picture films, and they're going to host commencement ceremonies and other events. The theater, the whole football theater, will be able to accommodate up to 230 cars. Now, it's in, in general, it sounds like a nice idea. Oh, the Miami Dolphins are going to open up their place to let people watch movies. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to make a lot of money off this, first and foremost. Yeah, it'll come at a cost. I don't know. Have you ever been to a drive-in movie? I've never been to a drive-in movie. What? Are you serious? I'm serious. Wait a minute. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like you're in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. So maybe you would have done this as homework? Well, maybe, but I'm all about the experience of having the dialed-in surround sound. I don't know. I get uncomfortable in my car. Maybe I'm just a little whiny. I think this is a really cool idea. The first movie that came to mind was Ace Ventura because <laughs> Ray, Ray Finkel, Finkel and Einhorn, right? Like what, what type of movies are they going to show? Listen, I take my kids to a drive-in movie every summer, and they stinking love it. Is that, a, is that in Pleasanton? Where is that theater? Yeah, it's in Concord. It's out Concord. in Concord. There's actually yeah. one down in San Jose as well. But here's the deal. I understand. I mean – I'm sort of a medium guy. Maybe you're a little bit of a bigger man, Andrew, <laughs> that correctly. So I could see how you get uncomfortable in a car. You know what you do? You bring a seat and you sit right next to the car. Oh, okay. I don't know. Would you go to this? If you were in Miami, would you drive your car in and park and watch on the Jumbotron? That'd be kind of cool. I did have a couple of questions for them because, like, the, the picture that I saw, it's like 230 cars packed in a Miami stadium. And with the whole social distancing thing, like, are they letting people get out of their cars? Because it looked kind of right. tightly packed in there car-wise. I'm just, but they have to, right? People have to go to the bathroom. It's like you can't sit in your car for three hours, right? You'd have to be able to get Maybe they're getting by with the open-air aspect of it. My pitch to them is maybe take the entire stadium. I don't know how they're set up, but, like, the Cowboys stadium. Give, like, you could rent out one section per, like, two families. And you fill up the whole stadium. Because they have the biggest TV in the world or the biggest HD TV in the world or something. I mean, there's opportunities here, right? What if it's a, hold on, just to recap, you're saying just two people run out the whole stadium? <laughs> no, two families or two groups per section, per section. I, so like I, section I, 108. I, I don't know how many sections. They probably have like 40. I don't know. We go back to this thing we've been talking about, you know, stadiums trying to figure out how to do social distancing. When mm-hmm. I hate waiting in lines. Like, I don't want to go to a stadium with 230 cars and have to wait three hours to pull out of there. I just, I, I just, this doesn't sound appealing to me. Well, that's okay. Did you see that in Florida, there's a minor league uh, stadium that's renting itself out on Airbnb? So you could like, rent, a, like, what would you do? Like your wedding? I, I guess. I mean, they're not using the stadiums for anything else. So they might as well pull in some money. I don't know. I think 
I think there's there's lots of opportunities, and you don't get to owning a major league or major sporting franchise without being business savvy. So I think um, there's a lot of opportunities there. I say road trip, Florida, here we come. Let's go. On the way to Florida, maybe we could stop off in Vegas because you're such a good poker player, right? Um, listen, you know me. I love me a good time, and I love Vegas, but I'm not. I'm going to take a little couple-year hiatus till I get a vaccine before I head to Vegas, but go on. Okay. Can you imagine what it would be like if you went to Las Vegas and you won the World Series of Poker, but you were unable to get home to your wife and kids for three months? Listen, I feel like you're really expanding the dream landscape because you're saying that I would win the World Series of Poker. You know me as a poker player, so thank you for painting that picture. But that'd be awful, Andrew. That'd be horrible. That'd be terrible. Something similar happened. This guy, Thomas Werner, Werner? from Norway won the Iditarod, which is the approximately 1,000-mile journey across Alaska uh, in March um, with your dog sled. It took him nine days, 10 hours, 37 minutes to do it. His reward was being stuck in Alaska. I mean, he loves being in Alaska like you love being in Vegas, but he can't get home. So back in Norway, he has a wife, five kids, 35 dogs, and she's still working as a veterinarian, and he's just chilling in Alaska. I mean, that kind of sounds sweet, but it kind of sounds like he's got a lot of he's, – he's, she's building a lot of credit up that when he gets back, he's going to be just working. Um, so is he just, like, taking some extended time for the hell of it, or, like, he's stuck there because of the health crisis and he can't get out? He stuck there just like the, the timing was perfect because the race was in March and then all international flights shut down during the race. And so he can't get back home right now. He's targeting flying back in June. There's a historic DC six airplane that's flying to an aviation museum in Sola, Norway. And so he's hoping to get to that museum and then take the 200 mile journey home from there. Maybe he could use his, his dogs, but that's crazy that, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that are stuck like that, but like you have this great victory in your life. It's only the second time for him to do the Iditarod. And he can't get home. Well, like it's, you're right. It's an epic, a battle between man and the elements, right? Nine days. You're probably thinking about your wife, your family to try, mm -hmm. try to give you inspiration to finish the doggone thing. And then it's like, wah, wah. You got <laughs> two months before you go see him. Yeah. Or he's celebrating. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Shh, don't tell all the wives out there. Maybe he's, maybe he's in Vegas. All right, Andrew. Ryan Dempster spent 16 years in the major leagues, more than half of them with the Chicago Cubs. He was a pitcher. He won the World Series with the Boston Red Sox in his final season. And then mm. guess what? He went into the booth and started to serve as an analyst for the MLB Network. He's also been taking classes with Improv Olympic in Chicago, and now he's embarking on a comedy career. You might have some familiarity with the improv world, Andrew. It's, it's not easy. It's certainly an art. It's a craft. Do you think that it would be fun to see more athletes enter the entertainment business and become actors and comedians and improv artists? I started doing improv five years ago. And when I started that, I said, I learned like in the first class, every single person should take an improv class, no matter what you do. It makes you more open to things. It makes you quicker on your feet. I, I think it would be great for athletes that want to get into the booth more, want to be in entertainment. It's a great way to like expand 
their personality or their comfort being in front of people. And I think having played makes makes you much more interesting to watch. So I love that he's doing this. And I've actually seen uh, he's been doing stand-up, and he's actually pretty funny. It's uh, really? paying off. Yeah. So I like your idea that if you become a, a professional athlete, like you got to take an improv class so that when the media sticks the mic in your face, you know, just go yeah. like, oh, had a good game. Yeah, we're just playing the next team, you know. So they say Thanks. something other than the, you know, the, the puns. Yeah. Thanks for axing. <laughs> okay. Right. It should be part of like the, uh, the rookie training, you know, how like the NFL, you have, or I think all the sports, the rookies have to take like financial management and all like, they have to go to second city for two weeks or something like that. I don't know. Well, first off, I've never heard of improv Olympic. Is that a real thing? The nickname for it is IO and that's kind of where it all started. Like UCB trained at IO, um, Del Close is the guy who like is credited for inventing the modern form of improv. And he came from IO, IO Chicago is like the Mecca. Anyone that does improv in LA or New York, you have to make your journey to Chicago to check out IO. So he's training at the top, top notch place to do improv. So if you're training in improv, that means you're going to be going to Chicago sometime to the Mecca. That's right. I got to make my I got to make my journey before I can actually be successful. So here's my question then: What athlete would you like to see do start doing stand up comedy? What, or which ones do you think would be good at it? The first person that came to mind just now was Richard Sherman. I think he's one of the smartest athletes there is. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Like Charles Barkley is like obviously interesting to watch because he's willing to speak his mind and he's hilarious. And I think Richard Sherman, you just have to be. I think you need to be smart to be able to do good clever comedy and i think he would be interesting to watch he's he's just interesting he, to watch in general he's like biting i think his humor would be a lot very satirical like chris rockish yeah. yeah i like i like it though i like dark humor who would you want to see well you know i'd love to see but it would just it's like never gonna happen i'd love to see barry bonds up there <laughs> don't see weird he's the most introverted athlete there ever was i just feel like he did it to serve a point and that like You've heard stories of that he's got a real personality. He just never mm. shows it. So mm. it'd be fun to see him go up on stage and just blossom right in front of our eyes, Andrew. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd tune into Barry Bonds. I like that. Brennan Poole drives a Chevy for a living. That's right. He's a professional race car driver, currently a rookie in the NASCAR top division, the Cup Series. However, he seems like he's been driving his whole life in trucks, dirt modifieds, whatever it is. He's been doing it since about the age of five. So NASCAR is off to a red-hot start post this crazy health crisis lockdown. Seven races, 11 days, your first ever Coca-Cola 600. You're now rookie in the Cup Series. How's things going? Uh, it's been going pretty well. I like being able to race as much as we've been able to race you know it's like every other day i'm in the race car it reminds me of you know the summers when i when i was a kid and um you know we would have races four or five times a week and so for me it's been you know it's been really fun and kind of brought me back to, to that moment where we're just racing so much so it's been easy to get back in the swing of things because we just keep headed to the headed to the racetrack and yeah racing i mean racing in a, in a couple of days in bristol this coming Sunday and, and I raced last night so it's just you know it's been been a lot of fun and and uh it's just been great to to be back racing after sort of being locked down for a couple months and 
we did a bunch of sim racing, which was, which was fun during those couple of months, but there's nothing better than, you know, being behind the wheel of the real thing and feeling the power and feeling the race car. So uh, it, it's been, it's been good here the past couple of weeks. Yeah. It, it kind of sounds like you're loving it, but was there any kind of level of whiplash on going up to the next level? You guys had 10 weeks off and now you're just racing all the time. Like, has that, you think that's been better for your introduction to, to this series? Well, I think it's been better for me, for one, because we've just been able to, we, you know, we've kind of raced at the same track a couple of times in a row. So as a rookie, mm-hmm. you know, I've never driven the, the, this, I may have been to the racetrack before, but I, I haven't driven the cup car at the track before and the cars drive differently. So I'm able to kind of learn things from the, from the first race. And then when we turn around and go back and, and race there again, the second day, everything that I've learned, I, I'm kind of able to you know, put into action and, and, um, you know, I have a little bit better understanding of the tire and um, what I need in the race car and certain lines and places on the track as the track changed where I found some extra speed during the race. So uh, I'm able to sort of, you know, put those things to use and then, you know, it helps me, um, you know, get a better outcome and, and understand the car a little bit better. So for me, I think it's, it's helped me a lot and kind of brought up my learning, my learning curve quicker, you know, because I've been able to, go back to the same place where I just was at and, and sort of, you know, continue to, to, you know, expand that, that learning curve for me. So mm-hmm. it's been good, you know, Darlington, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had the, the Sunday race and, and during the afternoon and it's hot and slick and I'd never been to Darlington before in a cup car. So I spent the majority of the race, you know, learning the, learning the, the, the what I need in the race car for that particular track. And then, you know, as, as the race went on, we got better and, and we ended up getting, having a pretty great finish that, that day. And, and, uh, when we turned around and went back, you know, a couple of days later, um, you know, we ended up, I think I got up to like second place at one point in the race and we kind of leveled nice. off and we were running about 15th and that's probably about where we were going to finish. Cause it ended up being rain shortened, but the rear gear broke. So I was wow. able to apply everything that I learned from the week before and, and it put me in a better position, uh, for, for the next race the following Wednesday. So that's sort of, um, you know kind of how i've approached these these races and i and i think it's helped me i hate when the weird gear breaks um <laughs> just a confession brett and i'm sort of a casual nascar fan and i know you guys have multiple divisions you've just been promoted this year to the cup series the top series that means you're a rookie do other drivers your crew do people treat you like a rookie uh, i think it's important that certain things are are looked at as a rookie you know i think i have a lot of trust from my guys and what i'm saying about the race car and, and what it's doing and the adjustments and things that I need. I think I have a lot of trust from my guys on the information that I'm giving them is correct. And, and, you know, through these first, you know, eight races or so, all of our adjustments and changes have been in the right direction. So that's given me a lot of confidence, but also having my guys trust me and believe in me has given me confidence as well too. And, and uh, I think there are, there are certain things going into certain tracks where my guys, you know, we go over things, you know, cause I am a rookie and I haven't been there before in a cup car, but, um, a lot of these racetracks, pretty much all of them, you know, I've been to multiple times. So I have experience at the track, you know, in an Xfinity car and in the truck series. So I've been there, you know, and I, I think that's that's helped a lot. So, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just been able to have the trust of my guys and they believe in me and know that, you know, I'll, I'll figure things out relatively quickly and um, I'll be able to lead us down the right path on the adjustments to make the race car better and so I feel like our team and my crew chief and my guys and everybody we're, we're gelling right now and we're, we're getting the most out of, out of our equipment. And, um, you know, we're having strong races other than, you know, we've had a couple of parts failures this year and then 
course, uh, last night we ended up getting into to an incident and, and weren't able to continue. But, um, you know, that's just kind of part of racing. But I think everything's been going really well. And um, I, I think it's it's always good to, to enter certain races, uh, you know, certain racetracks where I haven't, haven't been there before in a cup car and just kind of discuss the things that, you know, typically happen uh, during a cup race and things to look for that I may not have seen before in my career. You know, even though I have experience racing there, you know, it's just a little bit different um in the cup car something we thought was so cool that nascar did early on was the i racing how you guys adapted to being able to put content out for everyone i mean you guys are all rookies in that did you have any positive or negative experiences with the i racing well i think for for me I, like i didn't i didn't even have i racing until we went did you know we're on the lockdown and they were doing those races so um i think being able to get i racing was kind of big for me because it's just one it's a lot of fun and i enjoy yeah. just like racing uh even on the computer but you know i think being able to race with uh, with all those guys that we race with every week and then put it on tv to give give something for the fans to to sort of watch while we were on lockdown i think it was just super entertaining and definitely was fun to be a part of and i had really good finishes you know i i think uh i finished seventh twice and um, 11th and, and one of them. And we, uh, had a lot of fun doing it. And I think it was good for our sponsors and stuff too. You know, we got TV time through it and, and, um, uh, you know, they, they, you know, spent a lot of time talking about a lot of the people that were, you know, racing in the online series. So I think it was really good for everybody. And the viewership was really high, man. We have a million people watching us, yeah. you know, race on, on computers. I mean, that was so cool. cool. So, uh, it was it was fun and and I think it also you know shined a light on esports and how entertaining it can be and and I think you had a lot of people that were you know i racing fans or or people that were on i racing tuning in to watch guys that um normally do it in real life. I think it was just kind of cool to to see that um transition and and I think uh people who just love esports in general watched the just to see what it was like and i and I think um maybe we drew in some new fans from it. So I think overall it was a, a really good thing that they, that they did. Mm -hmm. now, Brennan, you're one of the top race car drivers in the world in NASCAR, and that's because you're really good at it. You've moved up the uh, ranks and then they make you talk to media guys like us. And I'm sure they don't train you on how to do that. I've watched your vlog. You're a natural on camera. Do you enjoy that part of vlogging and talking to people? I mean, you're a young whippersnapper, a millennial type guy. Do you enjoy doing the <laughs> vlogging? Yeah, I like doing it. I, I think, um, you know, several years ago, I watched a lot of uh, Casey Neistat videos on YouTube, and I started thinking to myself, man, like, it would be really cool if, if a driver uh, or, you know, somebody in the sport sort of filmed, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, a daily vlog or a weekly vlog on sort of what it's like, you know, what are what's the team going through, what are the drivers going through, what's it like at a race weekend, and especially now, even more so, you know, we don't – we don't have any fans in the stands. And so I felt like it would be a good idea to sort of show what it's like being at the racetrack with no fans and, you know, and being stuck in my car for four hours. And, um, you know, Lindsay, my girlfriend's made making me lunch and dinner while I'm sitting in the car and she's packing, you know, all kinds of crazy things like Rubik's cubes and notebooks <laughs> and magic marker coloring books and stuff. And so we just thought it would be fun to sort of, um, share, you know, what it's like, you know, what is it like walking out to the grid with no fans and sort of showing like, man, it is incredibly quiet. I don't think I've ever walked out to the grid to get in my race car 
and I, I could hear crickets and, you know, birds chirp. And I just, it's never, it's always so loud and eventful. And um, so just like the, the unique things that are going on right now, I, I thought it would just be um, sort of fun to, to shoot that. And then also for myself too, you know, I get to have um, sort of these memories and, and, and uh, look back on uh, certain moments um, that I filmed and shot and, and have forever. So for me, it's also sort of special and, um, you know, it seems like people have been enjoying the vlog and, and um, it's something that, you know, I've, I've enjoyed doing. I think, you know, it is it is difficult to do because at the same time, you know, I've, I've got to go out there and do my job and perform. And so I, I sometimes there are gaps in my videos <laughs> where it's like I was shooting something and then, you know, I, I'm, you know, get busy and I've got to go race or something happens. And then I just, you know, I drive home or I'm, I travel back after the race and then there's like kind of a gap and I have to be like, yeah, sorry guys, you know, I'm, I'm home now, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, whatever happened, it happened, but, um, it's been, it's been fun to, it's been fun to do for sure. And, and, uh, yeah, I hope everybody checks it out. I post them on my, on my YouTube page, which is just Brennan pool. Um, and then I, uh, put stuff on my Facebook and, and, uh, I also do this really crazy, uh, chop series that, uh, Lindsay and I did it's on my instagram and, and if you go check out my instagram now you'll you'll see it's still on my homepage on my main screen you can watch all of our chopped episodes where basically i just asked my fans and friends to you know vote on a random ingredient and then we uh, you know had Lindsay within a certain time period try to make whatever crazy you know appetizer and dinner she could come up with man and we had some wild stuff like we had strawberry tacos which i did not think was going to turn out wow. well at all but it was literally like one of the best things she's ever made in our kitchen um we had all we had cinnamon buns that she made with uh, like crescent roll like pillsbury crescent roll i have no idea how she pulled it off so and i commentate the whole thing and um you know it's just kind of fun something fun that we did uh during the during the lockdown but so we try to do uh cool things like that to just you know just show what you know what we're doing brennan let me just say (laughs) i've spent some time with the vlog because we were getting ready for this interview here's my main question how would you describe your facial hair? Is it a mustache and then like just some hair on the chin? Is it a Fu Manchu? What are we working with here? I don't know how to describe it myself. I just, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an Orlando Bloom Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> facial yes. hair where it's like, it's kind of there, but it's like not quite. It's like, this is all I can grow. So I'm just going <laughs> to just like keep letting it rip. I I, I don't know. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's, if I let it go for like months, it will kind of get like thicker and come in, you know, pretty good. But then it kind of drives me crazy, and then I end up shaving it all off, and then I start over again. It's so a vicious it gets, cycle. It gets a little, yeah, it gets whack. But hey, if you guys check out, you know, I have all this. I have a merch store on my website, which is brennanpool.com, and I ha- I'm selling shirts and hoodies and all kinds of stuff that literally have like the silhouette of my hair, my long hair, and my facial hair. So you could just like wear it around all day, and people will be like, "Who's that guy? Is that a pirate on your shirt?" Okay. One yeah, more before you go. One of your one of your key sponsors is Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. Now, if you're sponsored yeah. by a candy bar company, I'm sure they're going to give you some candy bars just because you're sponsoring them. What's the kickback that Spartan Mosquito Eradicators gives you? Do they give you some poison or something? <laughs> well, they give me eradicators and Protect. They're new. They're new. <laughs> Their uh, new deal is the Spartan Mosquito Protect, and it is it works even better than the Eradicators. Well, of course but it I does. I have a mosquito-free yard. 
And, well, I basically, you know, I can clear out the neighborhood. I have like a whole acre or two acres or whatever it is. There's no mosquitoes over here, okay? The, it works great. But they do have, um, you know, they have topical sprays that are D-free that, you know, they're really good for, you know, your kids if you're worried about chemicals and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and their product is super safe. I mean, there's, I mean, you could literally drink the stuff in there and not get hurt. Um, the, right. the owner himself will, will drink it. Not only it, is your good. mustache on point, you're a great pitch man. You're great. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just true, dude. It just it works. Like I'm telling you, get it, or I'll send you guys some, and you can tell everybody how how it works. I'm telling you, it's a miracle product. I don't. Uh, it just it works, dude. It sounds like you'd be pitching them even if they weren't your sponsor. That's so great. Thank you so much for joining us, Brennan. Um, everybody, check him out on his website at brennanpool.com. You can follow him on Instagram at Brennan C. Pool. Good luck this Sunday. Make sure you guys check out the number 15 car this Sunday at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Food City presents the Supermarket Heroes 500, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Brendan Poole, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Great. Pete. This is Sports Best, the best of sports on the Believe Podcast Network, where we believe in the best of sports. And that's why each and every week we cut out the worst and only bring you the best. Thank you again to NASCAR driver Brennan Poole for joining us today. You can check him out this Sunday at 3.30 Eastern on FS1. If you like the show, please share it with a friend or family member so that they can catch up on the best of sports. Until next week, we will be scouring the world of sports to bring you all the sports best. (laughs) 